1: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money, California's fastest growing private lender. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tanbella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. I'm sure there's still shelter in place, but once they come out, It'll be great to use those certificates, which are worth over $100. Uh, Today's trivia theme is general trivia. Now, we do have a special guest. We are welcoming back Michael Snurley to discuss a few things. One, how the coronavirus has led to an increase in cyber claims, workers' compensation, and business interruption insurance. Michael, welcome to The Best of Investing.
2: Thank you, Edward. Thanks for having me back.
1: You're very welcome. Um, so let's start off with the coronavirus. Of course, it's been on everybody's uh, uh, lips for a few, couple of months now. Um, and you're saying that there has been an increase in the cyber, cyber claims. Uh, why don't you go ahead and explain that to us?
2: Yeah, well, um, clearly a lot more people are working through the cloud and on their computers uh, as opposed to being... On-site and maybe collaborating together in a conference room or you know discussing things across cubicles Everything's having to be done online and through the cloud and consequently it just provides a lot more opportunity for nefarious people to insert themselves into the equation Um, And so actually the the main kind of cyber claim that has been on the uptick since the coronavirus started is what's called social engineering, where somebody is, is embedded in the system, somebody's embedded in the network, they're not making themselves known, they're noticing how people correspond with one another, and at some point, at an opportune time, they will um, you know, send new bank information, they will uh, make a request for money that seems very reasonable. And the reason those claims are on the uptick is, Maybe three months ago or four months ago, I could have stuck my head out of my office and asked my CFO, like, hey, did you just request, you know, $500 of gift cards? And they would have been like, no, I didn't send that. Whereas now it's like, it seems urgent. Maybe I respond. Maybe I send an email, but don't get a response. But they keep saying it's urgent, it's urgent. So um, that's the main one. And so, you know, I personally have seen more than um, a normal share of those kinds of claims. And, of course, the industry is reporting that as well.
1: Yeah, and I know that uh, from the uh, the wiring instructions, uh, we went to a few seminars way before the coronavirus, and they were talking about a huge uptick in uh, wire fraud. Uh, yes you know, and so you know, the, the obvious things when you know, you get a request that's changing the instructions, you know rarely does a title company ask
2: uh, you know, change, they, rarely do they change the wire instructions? Absolutely. and in fact, just last week, uh, one of my clients, they received an invoice from uh, one of their vendors. and immediately after the invoice came, another email came saying and hey by the way, we forgot to tell you but we changed our wiring instructions. We changed our banking information. Uh, so when you pay this invoice, make sure you pay it to the right bank. So they paid the money, and a couple weeks later, the vendor reaches out and says, uh, hey, what you still it? owe the bill. And they said, well, we, we sent it to the bank that you had indicated because it came from either the exact same email address or a very similar email address, so close you wouldn't notice. Yeah. And um, so uh, unfortunately, that's how it works.
1: Yeah. In fact, lately, I've been getting – uh, like invoices uh, on the on the heading you know need your attention, that sort of yes. thing. And it's for the radio show that has no invoices so <laughs> 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 that one I th- fact, I'm pretty sure is spam <laughs> you know? yeah. So
3: yeah. So Mike, how do they how do they insert themselves? Are they um, essentially have access to your email inbox? is that you know yes. how they're able to pick up on these communications?
2: Yeah, so they, they'll, they'll hack their way into your network. And so, like, back in the day when they would do it, it would be kind of like a smash and grab. They would hack their way in and I, I, they'd announce themselves and say, send us money or, you know, or else. But now what they're doing, they've, they've found, uh, it to be much more lucrative is to just kind of lay low. Um, so let me describe a scenario. This happened pre coronavirus, but it was for our firm the most costly, um, claim in this space uh, and it'll, it'll kind of show you how it worked so the somebody had hacked into a system of a small private business, but it was a very wealthy private business. And so there, and there were wealthy individuals in the private business and they, they were in there for actually six months and they were just watching how people sent emails. They were watching how pe- you know, people corresponded. They were watching how emails went and who they went to, to get money. Um, and so what ended up happening is the owner, they knew from all the correspondence, was remodeling his house. He was going to Asia to buy art for his remodeled house, specifically for his kitchen. Um, and they knew he was leaving out of LAX at 10 a.m. So, wow. At 10:05 a.m., presumably he's on the in the air. These hackers now seize the opportunity send an email to the person who sends money and says, Hey, my flights. And they send it from as if it were the person, Hey, my flights delayed 20 minutes. I'm online. I want to go ahead and get this piece because I don't know if it'll be there when I land. So I want to go ahead and buy it. It's $250,000 sent to this account. And you know, and it's for the kitchen. It's for that North wall in the kitchen and everything sounds exactly right. And then they knew exactly how he would sign his name. If he would use only lowercase letters, maybe, you know, instead of David, he would put lowercase D and, and, everything looked the same. So they sent the money. And then he said, Hey, flight delayed another 10 minutes. I see this other piece, 125,000. Oh, no. And the only reason it ended up they, they had sent three wires. And the only reason it stopped was because they said, uh, well, we can't send anymore. The account's empty, you know. Oh no! Uh, and that's the only reason it stopped. Or they would have kept sending money, and it ended up being, you know, north of six hundred thousand dollars. Oh, jeez. Uh, and he's on the plane, so they can't, you know, they can't yeah. call him. They it can't confirm, my... and they just kept sending money because it made perfect sense. Everything yeah. they asked. And that's what
1: the title company was uh, saying too, is that they watch transactions and they just lay low until the, uh, until they seize the opportunity. Hey, uh, good, good stuff here. Uh, I mean, not good for the people losing the money, but it's interesting stuff here. Yeah. Uh, let's cut to our, they first. got some money back. I will say that they got, Oh, some money did back. they? Okay, good. Let's uh, you know what? That ought to be illegal. Okay. Here's our first <laughs> trivia question. Uh, what is the curved line between two points on a circle? called? What do you call that? It's, we're talking a little geometry here. Uh, and that's what one tree is to the other tree, geometry. Uh, first trivia question, what is the curved line between two points on a circle called? All right, stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We are going to be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon and our special guest, Michael Snurley. First trivia question was, what is the curved line between two points on a circle called? Nam knows. Art? Mark, that is correct. Is it? It, it's oh, all right. sweet. Yeah, very what good. What do I win? Yeah.
3: what do you <laughs> it's win? It's the first one
1: I've you answered win correctly. You're, you're, you're one of the hosts. You win nothing and no. you'll like it. Okay, no. so uh, I was going to say in the studio, but we're doing shelter in place. So on our Zoom call here, we have Michael Snurley, who's uh, quite the expert in uh, uh, cyber security and workers' comp and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Noam, you wanted to ask Michael a question about the cyber claims.
3: Yeah, so I mean, you know, essentially, they are getting better and better, really sophisticated. So, what are some safeguards or best practices to avoid getting, you know, getting uh, hoodwinked?
2: Yeah, great question. Of course, good network hygiene is important, um, and of course, if, if if resources and funds are available, actually getting audited, getting your network audited. Um, and seeing where the vulnerabilities are, and, and frankly, while they're auditing, they'll also say, "Hey, by the way, we noticed someone's in here." Um, so that that mm-hmm. network hygiene, I think, is important. And then, with respect to these social engineering fraud uh, claims, I think the best uh, practice is multiple points of verification, especially at certain limit levels. That you mm-hmm. know, say over twenty-five thousand uh, dollars, it has to be. You know, you have to get sign-off from two people to send that wire, or uh, you know, maybe over 50,000, something like that, multiple points of, of verification. Um, and, and then of course, if it's coming from someone internally, a request, that would be the second point of verification, just confirming. Um, cause you know, the big one right now is the, is the gift cards. Um, and the reason that is, is such a big fraud is because it's low enough that it's not going to be prosecuted criminally. It's not high enough to reach a threshold uh and but yet it's still actual you know so so michael when these uh bad guys go
1: ahead and get you to wire money to some account i'm gonna guess that as soon as it gets wired in it gets wired right back out and and there's no trail because
2: otherwise you know couldn't you follow the trail and get the money back um yeah i haven't known anybody that's actually gotten the money back from the bad guys so yeah i think so it probably gets wired right into the account um, and probably converted immediately to Bitcoin um, or or what? some other non-traceable or you know kind of currency like that. So um, the only people who have gotten money back from these kinds of claims are from their insurance carrier. Well, I, um, how much does something like that cost to get that kind of insurance? Um, well, it's it's you can add it as sort of a, a you can get a subliben on an, on your cyber policy. So I mean. I sold a cyber policy yesterday for $1,800 a year and it had social engineering fraud on there for $250,000 sublimit. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cheap. You can also get it on the crime. You can get a little bit more coverage on your crime policy. But again, you're looking at maybe two to $3,000 a year for most, you know, average sized businesses, I would say. So
4: we have that coverage at at Pacific Private Money and, Um, You made uh, an interesting uh, point about these emails that come in, you know, the the, the way they tend to give themselves away is a a misspelling or something obvious. So, you know, we had one come in where, uh, in fact, Edward uh, sent an email to someone who had just recently been hired in one of our accounting departments asking that person to change Edward's wiring information and the email was signed Ed. Yeah. so that's the only way we knew that it was. <laughs> so yeah, so when they were in- they were obviously, they weren't watching too closely, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I mean. So when
2: they're impatient, they'll, they'll make those mistakes, but when they can just be patient and hunker down and that's why, you know, the big scores for them are usually when they've been able to observe for months um, because yeah, like yeah. they'll know exactly that Edward may not even put. Ed or Edward, he might just put lowercase e, or he might put something nothing. You like uh, might just send emails without any sort of name. You
1: know, it's funny because I look at this, and these guys are, are pretty sharp. You know, they're opportunistic, but they're cunning and sharp. And you wonder, why don't they just use it for good and do good, honest work? I mean, it's almost harder to be a bad guy if yeah. you have to watch a transaction for six months before making any money. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Edward, <laughs> you're living in the fairy
2: land.
1: <laughs> <fairy laughs> I guess bad guys fairy. will
3: always just be bad guys, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do they infiltrate like a network just primarily by email? Like they send an email with a link that you click on and it downloads some malware or is it like, are there websites that are, that people are going to that are fake websites? But do you know, how do they get into the network?
2: Yeah, probably my guess again, so that would be more a question for someone who handles these claims on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they necessarily get in for the most part. My assumption, yes, would be email or websites, uh, something like that. But you know what else they do is, and, and, and they will create a web, they will create an email account that looks almost the exact same as say your CEO. So uh, if I were the CEO of a company, It would be M-I-C-H-A-E lowercase i dot Snurley at my tagline. So the only difference is that L would be a lowercase i, which looks a lot like an L unless you're looking really (laughs) close. Um, Or they, you know, they would add an extra A or maybe leave out the A. It's super close. So unless you're looking closely at it, you would miss it. Um, So so they just literally will create that and then can send it. Um, So that's also another way. Uh, that they they make those requests.
1: Well, wow. mm. um, I tell you what, let's be on the lookout. Uh, what, what's that?
4: Always be on the lookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust, they... trust but verify. Trust but verify. That, that's it. You know the the biggest shame of it is that when you're a company that you know they've they've. With online banking, it's become so much easier to transfer funds uh, or wire funds or ACH, and, and, uh, and as a result of all of this now, the, the verification that's required, authentication, two-factor, it, it actually has taken a little bit of the efficiency out of it, but it's certainly well worth it uh, for safety purposes to have uh, continuing confirmation on uh, where you're sending your money to. Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. I like that. Uh, let's see. When we
1: come back from the break, uh, I do want to get into workers' compensation, because that's kind of a, a hot topic, as well as uh, business interruption insurance, which during this coronavirus, uh, you, the, force majeure is a famous uh, <laughs> phrase. Yeah. We've all
2: learned what that means. Uh, yeah. Dreaded phrase.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so I, I didn't take French, but uh, I think that's a isn't that, is not or is a Latin? Force uh, so, so French. French to French, me. French? Yeah. I mean, it sounds, sounds French. Okay, here's our second trivia question. All right, non your one trivia question. What's that? That wasn't the trivia question. No, that wasn't the trivia question. <laughs> oh, here, here, it comes. What city? What? Excuse me. What U.S. city is home to the Gateway Arch? And it's mm. not McDonald's. All right. Call 888-912-1190 The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate what u.s city is home to the gateway arch so after we come back from break uh we answer the trivia question we'll ask michael about workers compensation and business interruption insurance and then both Nam and i have a deal of the week that is really interesting uh this one is a little different uh each story is always a little bit different you know as to why someone comes to pacific private money for a loan uh, this is a, a new phrase that I had not heard before. So uh, we will uh, come back from our break, answer the trivia question, and then move on. So stay with us. You are listening to the Best of Investing. Do not touch that dial.
0: You're listening to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to the best of investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Homp and Nonfon of Pacific Private Money and Michael Snurley, our special guest. Uh, Second trivia question What U.S. city is home to the Gateway Arch? St. Louis. St.
3: Louis. Very good. The gateway Arch or Gateway Arc?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, arc, arc was in the first one, Arch was in the uh, second. Uh, you guys are so funny. Okay, well, this, the, the next question's a little bit harder. Those two are a little too softball-type. All right, so our special guest is Michael Snurley. Uh, we've already talked about uh, how the coronavirus has led to an increase in cyber claims. Let's move on to workers' compensation.
2: Yeah, well, workers' compensation uh, covers bodily injury to employees. It's a first party coverage for uh, an employer. And historically and typically, illness and diseases are excluded. Um, so, like if you catch a cold and you're a worker, they're, they're, it's not going to be picked up on workers' compensation. Even if you could prove beyond a shadow of a doubt your coworker gave it to you, um, you know, it's just really hard to figure out how those you know where you got sick and then of course they don't want to pay disability you missed a week of work because you had the flu and um you know, that, I mean, that, it's for accidents it's for accidents accidents, accidents. Okay. but coronavirus is different and it's a fluid situation mm-hmm. and so everything i tell you could be totally different um once the show airs you know once once uh-huh. the show's over mm-hmm. um but basically right now, the way it works is coronavirus will be covered by workers' compensation per state law, mm-hmm. per state statute, for essential workers. Um, so if an essential worker works at a grocery store, if an essential yeah. worker works at a hospital or something like that, and they contract coronavirus in the course of their work, um, then they are going to receive. Um, okay, so i
1: got a couple of questions. One, how do you prove that, it ha- that they got it from work? And then two, how does that affect the workers' compensation claim or compensation
2: insurance uh, premiums? Well, uh, to answer your first question, it's, it is, again, very hard. Um, and, and I actually read the uh, guidance from OSHA yesterday, and they said you just have to give a, a reasonable effort. That's literally what it says: a reasonable effort to do an investigation. And but basically, the the burden of proof is going to be on the employer to prove that it didn't happen mm-hmm. at work. So if okay. you are a grocery mm-hmm. store and somebody gets coronavirus and yeah. works, you know, is a, a checker or bagger, it's going to be the the burden of proof on you to prove they did not. So it's I think basically right, yeah. it's going to it's kind, kind of work to be covered.
1: Wherever. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. second,
2: with premium. Uh, or with with the it's going to count as a claim, you know, oh. just, like, just like somebody you know might hit their hand with a hammer or something, and they go yeah. to the doctor and they miss a couple weeks of work because of it. It's it's going to be counted as a claim, which would then affect uh, the premium. So.
1: Oh, that that's a killer because there's really not much you can do except for tell
2: your employees stay at home even if you're an essential worker, you know, and see this is where, and this is, and, and the reason I was actually reading the OSHA guidance yesterday is because people are going to start going back to offices. And so, yeah. you know, the question there is like, Hey, we're not essential workers, but we are around our coworkers. But yeah. if we get coronavirus at work, because we had a conference, you know, in our, we had a meeting in our conference room and the person who sat next to me got it. Now I have it. Uh, so again, very fluid. It's all sort of emerging right now, but, as it stands, it would uh, the guidance would seem to indicate that that uh, employers will be on the hook. That's really kind of tough, because specifically
1: because you know, like I said, if you get a cold and you got it from your your coworker, but that doesn't matter. A regular cold doesn't count. Yeah, you know, or the regular flu doesn't count. And right, that's that, that's a tough one. And then the last one here is uh, business interruption insurance. Explain a little bit about that, if you would.
2: Yeah, so business interruption is a coverage on the property form of an insurance policy um, and what it seeks to do is um, it seeks to cover the business income that would be lost because of a covered loss. So say a fire burns down a grocery store, well clearly they can't produce revenue, they can't, you know, pay employees, they're going to lose income and revenue because of that. The business interruption would respond. I don't know of anybody who hasn't experienced some interruption because of coronavirus (laughs) and who hasn't seen some dip in revenue because of everybody and some significantly, right? Like certain dine in restaurants where they don't have a takeout option. I mean, zero, um, arts, museums, theaters, places like that, is zero. But I mean, even, even businesses that can still operate remotely and through the cloud have seen a decrease. So of course the big question is my business has been interrupted. Do I have coverage? And I have answered this question um, for almost literally every single one of my clients because everybody is asked. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the the answer is no, because for the business interruption coverage to respond, there has to be uh, a pro- there has to be a covered loss which is related to a to property damage, and okay. the carriers are coming down in the place and just saying. A virus doesn 't produce property damage, therefore uh, the coverage doesn 't respond. they're also saying a virus is a stated exclusion in the policy, which uh, you know for, for almost every single policy is true Wow, wow. Oh, no you're kidding. talking wow. news today, aren't you? So that, yeah, this, this is why, you know, of course, everybody in the insurance industry has such a great reputation, and everybody yeah. loves us so much. Um, but, yeah, it, so it's it's been a it's been a very hard conversation. Now, <clears throat> I must say that if someone wants to submit a claim for a coronavirus interruption, we we submit it. We don't ask questions. We don't counsel against it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sharing with you where the carriers have stood. There's already been multiple lawsuits. This will get played out in court. Sure. Um, yep. And so it is, it's, it's, it is also a fluid situation. So we'll see where uh, it ultimately lands. But as of right now, that is the carrier stance.
4: Uh, is- well, the laws are such that, you know, the, the, the people that can pass laws are politicians, they're going, especially here in California, they're going to look for every deep pocket possible and try to pass laws in favor of their constituents. So there's going to be actions to try to force insurance companies to cover virus related losses uh, just like there's uh, legislation to uh, make it illegal to evict uh, your non-paying tenant uh, and to be able to forgive uh, not only just defer for as long as a year but even forgive rent payments I mean you know where who's the where, where does it end who's the one that ends up you know, picking up the tab at the end of the day. And if it's the, is it the U S taxpayer in the form of, you know, increased national debt? I mean, it just, it's uh, listen, as
1: soon as they allow that for the IRS, know. I'm on board, you know, <laughs> <not like
4: government, laughs> but forgiveness is like, no, don't worry. You don't have to pay your taxes
2: this year. Yeah, exactly. I know. I love, I love <laughs> how, you know, the governors and everybody are like, Hey, you don't have to pay rent. And it's like, well, do I still have to pay property taxes? Like, you yeah. know, I mean, like, while, while we're in... And do, the we pay, pay,
1: yeah, do we have to still pay your salaries? Yeah, you know? so we're not paying our yeah. taxes
2: here too, so that's cool. All right, let's get
1: to our last commercial break. and Again, when we come back, uh, we're going to share some deals of the week and get an update from Mark about Pacific private money because mm-hmm. I think there's some very good stuff going on there. All right, here's our third trivia question. Who did Eisenhower defeat twice in presidential elections during the 1950s. Mark, you were born in the 1950s. You should, you should know this. <laughs> this
4: very, very late 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> About five yeah. minutes left. Yes, yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Call 888-912-1190. The first caller with the correct answer is going to uh Uh, win that tanning certificate who did eisenhower defeat twice in presidential elections during the 1950s all right stay with us the rest of investing will be right back
0: Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Last time, actually, not last time. Next time will be the last time. One more time. I'm Edward (laughs) Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn, Nam Phan, and our special guest, Michael Sterling. Uh, Third trivia question. Who did Eisenhower defeat twice in presidential elections during the 1950s? Anybody? Oh, do we? <laughs> yeah, close. No, Adlai Stevenson, who apparently uh. a very brilliant man, but uh, apparently he was, he was like one of those guys who's a little too far ahead of uh, his mm. nice time, and so people could relate more to Eisenhower. Okay, uh, let's see. So I'm going to share first my deal of the week, right? Mm. Here we go. So these borrowers have FICO scores in the high 700s. The bank mm. had already approved them. But then the underwriter backpedaled under what was a, a term that used to be used and it seems to be coming back called payment shock, which basically is that the new house payment was gonna be much larger than the current one that they have. So that's a, that's a big payment shock. I mean, the borrowers know they have it, but the bank said, whoa, whoa wait a minute, you know, your, your, your mortgage payment's gonna double, right? Um, so the bank said, listen, as soon as you've got about six months worth of seasoning, then we can go ahead and refinance you out. But we're not going to help you buy the house for now. The company that uh, they own grosses over a million dollars in business. It's a 70% loan to value. They have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. And, they've received, and there were multiple offers on this property. And it's in a very good neighborhood. So this is one of those deals where uh, we're going to provide them uh, an 11-month bridge loan. So that in six months, when the bank goes ahead and says, okay, now you've proven you can make your mortgage payment, we'll go ahead and refinance you out. So it's uh, one of those kind of slam dunk, somewhat of a slam dunk type of deal that uh, is provided by Pacific Private Money. And uh, Nam, I'm going to let you get into a little bit more what PPM does and your deal of the week.
3: Yeah. Before I do though, yep. so quick question on the last one, payment shock, who's, who is shocked? Was it the bank? The bank. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> like, Cause the borrowers already knew. <laughs> we, we doubt that you can make this payment basically because it's doubled. Yeah. So even though you're approved and even though you're okay with it, but we're going to hang back until you've proven that you can, until you have enough reserves.
1: Uh, well, well, not in reserves, but in, until you can prove that you are making the payment for six months, and then we won't be shocked anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah.
3: That's crazy. It is. So uh, our, our, this deal of the week is, um, well, okay, so what does Pacific Private Money do? Uh, Pacific Private Money, we're alternative uh, lenders. We lend on residential real estate. We're plan B, essentially, when uh, somebody can't get bank financing, so can't get plan a financing um, which they should always approach uh bank first because the, the rates are you know obviously especially these days very very low but there's a lot of reasons why people can't get bank financing especially right now and Pacific private money is here to fill that gap um with uh with financing options oftentimes they're really short term people come to us typically because they're in you know sort of transactional distress as we call it versus somebody who really isn't a qualified, you know, borrower, delinquent uh, credit. Um, And in your case, this, uh, my deal of the week is one where, again, very qualified borrower, high credit scores. This person was, had an employment gap. So they were in between jobs. And at this person's level, he was, he was going to start a job as president of of a small company. So it's not like this person was, you know, a, you know, a a new employee who was trying to get a loan. This person had a track record, 20 year track record of successful leadership running companies. But um, you know, at that level, sometimes you don't get a job the week after you leave your prior job. So this is a six month gap and the bank said, well, you know what? You have this employment gap. We want to see employment seasoning. Um, so that's called so the employment, employment shock, right? <laughs> employment shock, yeah. <laughs> we can't believe you're going to be able to get another job, <laughs> even though you've been president for 20 years somewhere else. So he came to us, and uh, so not only you know, would we look at their employment history as, as sort of a metric for, for determining whether or not they can get another job, but um, this was also a short-term need where they're using collateral that they own in other properties for, uh, for the purchase of a property in Carmel. So we cross collateralized other property. Again, this person is very successful. So he owned other, uh, owned investment properties in this case. And we made a loan for 1.4 million. They got the, there was a pending offer on the table. Uh, we closed the loan a week after they started their This person started his uh, new job. So, uh, we love stories like this just because there's so many people like Mark says in other shows, um, you know, the Bay area has a lot of transitory employees, even at the sea level, uh, at the executive level, people jump and, uh, we look at their track record and, um, we know that, uh, you know, oftentimes we feel comfortable that they're going to, going to land on their feet very quickly in a new position. And yeah. Conventional financing today, you know, the, what they call conforming loans,
4: um, you know, it's it's really a narrow window, and it's not built for uh, people who move around. Uh, it's it's really not built for a typical Bay Area client. So you're in Northern California, you're the the hub of technology. Uh, people are moving around. You know, notwithstanding what's happening right now, where you got a lot of people who are either furloughed or working from home. But yeah. you know, you you have self-employed, and you have transitory um, issues, and then you've got payments oftentimes that are deferred because you've got stock options. You got other types of things going on and banks. Bank financing is just not built to accommodate that. Now, um, at least not in a hurry. And so when you're buying real estate and you need to close in 21 to 30 days because you have to be able to compete and provide a compelling offer to a seller of a home, um, oftentimes borrowers will take advantage of uh, one of our uh, bridge loan products Yes, it's, uh, the interest rate's higher, but you're only paying interest. You're not paying principal. So, those, you know, someone who borrows a million dollars from us, the payment's actually roughly about the same. It's a little bit higher than they're gonna pay the bank, uh, but our payment, it's just interest only. So, um, when you talk about payment shock, it's- uh, it's really, they're not, first of all, they're not going to keep the loan for a year, generally speaking. So they're not going to pay 10% for the money. The payment is based on an annualized rate of 10%. But again, you're just paying interest on the money. And then when you sell your uh, current home, you could pay us off. So it's it's really, it's a, it's a great tool. It gives people the time they need to uh, we help them. It's a tool to capture the property, gives them the time they need. Then now to go and get a refinance loan, which again, refinances right now in the COVID period are take longer, and and a lot of banks are not even taking. Uh, application. applications right now. But as in the ensuing months, when things get back to normal again, uh, you know, banks will again be looking for, you know, a vibrant refinance market. And, and again, we just, we just provide people the opportunity and the tools to help capture the real estate. Then they have all the time they need they the 90 to 120 days to get optimal bank financing uh, based on their abilities. Okay. Uh, why don't you give out your
1: information? And then before we get to break, we want to give out Michael's information also. Go ahead,
4: Mark. So uh, go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. That's the best way. We're always uh, updating that website. We just added some new products to our investor page. Uh, Definitely worth checking out PacificPrivateMoney.com. Or if you'd like to pick up the phone and talk to people live, we're at 415-883-2150. 415-883-2150.
1: And uh, Michael, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they have questions about insurance, workers' comp, cyber? claims all that sort
2: of thing yeah no the best way is via email it's my name michael.snerly at proco.global or uh, via phone Um, 415-223-5580 and that will connect you to my office
1: very good all right guys Uh, we're coming back with some closing comments don't touch that down
0: you're listening to the best of investing on am 1220 kdlw once again your host edward brown
1: welcome back to the best of investing last time for today i'm edward brown your host along with mark hoff and nam Fawn of pacific private money and michael schooley <clears> our <throat> special guest uh no trivia question but uh, nam we have a, a fund event coming up soon
3: yeah june is just around the corner and so it's time for our next uh zoom meeting and uh, that will be thursday june 25th it will be uh at uh in the afternoon, probably five o'clock, maybe six o'clock, but uh, we'll, we'll let people know on the next show and on our website too, under our events section. So the last one we had, was on April 16th and uh, it was really well attended. So many people wanted to know, Hey, what's going on with lending uh, with, you know, uh, COVID-19 happening. Um, I think this one will, it'll be really interesting to see you know, by the 25th, it'll, it will have been two months since the last event and, yep. you know, every week is like a lifetime right now yeah. of change. So in, in about a month's time, it'll be, uh, you know, a, a lot will have changed. And things um, are
1: actually going better for you because uh, banks are pulling back, so you're getting more loan applications, aren't you?
3: Yeah, and you know what, I'll tell you a quick story. We had an investor reach out who said, hey, Nom, you know, I was just at the bank, I have a CD that's maturing next week, and the bank rep came up to me and said, hey, I've got a really great, because you're a premium client, I've got a great savings program for you where you can earn 0.004% wow. of your money. And he said,
1: wait,
3: That's point zero, <laughs> he said, 0.04? He said, no,
2: 0.004.
3: <laughs> and he said the way he said it was so, like, optimistic and yeah. upbeat. But he said, uh, no, I'm going to go invest it in Pacific private money. Yeah,
1: there you go. go. Hey,
3: we'll see you next week.
1: We forgot to uh, ask uh, the email question that came in. We have time for this one. Ah. Can you please explain how buyers are using your company to present, quote, all cash offers?
4: Uh, I'll do that quickly. So um, we don't suggest that uh, a seller or a buyer, rather, instruct their agent to make all cash offers if they intend to use a loan however in practice what we find is that um you know your 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 buyer's agent uh, may very well uh, in in an effort to you know get the contract on yeah, a, with uh, other offers yeah, yeah com- competing with other offers may decide you know they'll, at the very least they 'll do a non financing contingent offer. They may still say there's financing but there's no financing contingency, but if they really, really want to make it look strong, we 've seen offers, uh, purchase uh, contracts come back to us from our borrower clients that say all cash. And then uh, they basically uh, alert the escrow officer that, oh, by the way, we're going to use a hard money loan to close. And gotcha. that, uh, you know, that oftentimes will uh, that, you know, sometimes there'll be a little bit of blowback from uh, from the seller's agent, uh, um, uh, the listing agent that is. Um, but uh, again, it's just, you know, it, in a marketplace where it's tight inventory, I mean, people do what they need to do to, to obtain and we don't tell people to do it or not to do it. Other, other than the fact that using us for financing on the purchase side allows your agent to mimic an all cash offer in some form or fashion gotcha yeah sometimes the selling
1: agent will call to make sure uh is this really like are you guys really 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 going to lend the money in 14 days or 10 days or whatever it is uh give out your information one more time if you would
4: sure pacificprivatemoney.com 415-883-2150 all right michael give out your information one more
1: time too
2: Michael.snurley at, at proco.global415-223-5580. All
1: right, guys. Here's our thoughts for the day. You are the only one who can limit your greatness and the difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do only what is convenient. When you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. And I got a uh, I got a, a, a quote here from Ronald Reagan it says, uh, it's true. Hard work never killed anybody. But I figure why take the chance? <laughs> I like that. And that came from El Presidente, right? All right? Well, guys, another, another good show. Uh, Nam, one more time about uh, registering for the
3: upcoming webinar. Yeah, go to, you can go to uh, www.pacificprivatemoney.com and go to our events section. And we'll have the event up shortly, uh, Jan- June 25th. It'll be a um, funds information session and we'll talk about all the different ways that you can invest uh, with Pacific private money because there are more ways today than there have ever been. All right. Um And it'll be at uh, five o'clock.
0: And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader